so encouraged by how the Lord is uh, just I sense something wonderful in our services uh, the past uh, weekends, two or three weekends, just a wonderful presence of the Lord and a wonderful response uh, to the things of God around the altars. And I praise God uh, for that. Let's keep praying about that, believing God uh, to stir uh, the hearts of people. Amen. Well, I'm, I'm still in the book of Acts. If you want to look there with me, Acts chapter 18. <clears throat> and I kind of get, uh, when I get uh, stuck on a particular theme, I, I stay with it for a while. And uh, Acts chapter 18 is the, uh, uh, the conclusion of the Apostle Paul's second missionary journey. And uh, so this read here in Acts 18, and uh, <clears throat> actually I'm reading some of the same verses that I read Sunday morning. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. Because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought, for by their occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean from henceforth. I will go into the Gentiles. And he departed thence and entered into a certain man's house named Justice, one that worshipped God, whose house joined hard to the synagogue. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with his house. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed and were baptized. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision, Be not afraid, but speak, and hold not thy peace. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city." You know, the, uh, the previous city was Athens. And Paul is in Athens by himself. He, he, uh, he reasons with the Athenians. He preaches the gospel to them on Mars Hill. And the Bible says that when he spoke of the resurrection, they made fun of him. They mocked him. It says that there was a few that said, we'll hear of this matter later. But then there were just a few that the Bible says they clave to him, and then it mentions a couple of others there by name of those that were, that were saved. And so there wasn't, there wasn't like, it wasn't like the other cities that he visited. He didn't have the kind of 
results in Athens like he had had at Thessalonica or Berea or Philippi. Uh, he didn't have the same response uh, to the preaching and to the gospel there. There was a small response. And I, just thinking and meditating on this, I just got to thinking about the fact that Paul went to Athens and he was by himself. He was all alone. And as a result, there was a small amount of fruit. Now, I understand that, that there, this uh, Athens was like an education center and a, you know, all these famous philosophers were from, uh, from Athens. And uh, there was probably uh, a big resistance to the things that he was preaching. But uh, the point that I wanted to make was that Paul was by himself. But then when he goes uh, and travels about 50 miles down the road to Corinth, when he gets there, he immediately associates himself with two other Jews that had become believers. They were part of the group that was expelled from Rome uh, because, well, they just, uh, Claudius and the other Roman leaders, they just, they didn't like the idea that they were having such an impact. Their message was uh, impacting so many uh, people. And so they have traveled down uh, to Corinth, and there the Apostle Paul, it's like it's divinely arranged that he meets up with these two co-workers. This isn't just a passing meeting because he lives with them, he works with them, and then they become companions in his ministry. And you'll see uh, Aquila and Priscilla mentioned at least three other times in Paul's writings where he mentions them as companions in his ministry, those that were um, associating with him or partners with him in ministry. And just got to thinking about how important that it is that we be workers together and how important that we need one another. We are workers together with him and we're going to accomplish so much more whenever we, we unite together. That's true in every aspect of ministry. It's true in prayer. If you have people who are praying with you, partnering with you in prayer, then your prayer is going to have more impact, more uh, influence, more is going to be accomplished for the kingdom of God whenever you have uh, partnership. Uh, I guess we could say... Uh, a team of people that are working together toward the same common goal, same common burden. Team is, a, is a, an acronym for together everyone accomplishes more. <laughs> together everyone accomplishes more. And it's so true that whenever we are binding together, pulling together, working together, the church is an unstoppable force. Amen. When we pull together. And I just can't help but believe that that doesn't account for the fact that the Corinthian church became one of the strongest of churches. It was a, it was a church with lots of gifts, lots of spiritual gifts. It was a church mightily used of the Lord. Many, many house churches 
cropped up all over the city of, of Corinth. And there were uh, a huge, huge population center and all kinds of wickedness. We talked about that Sunday morning, uh, the, the kind of, of, of wickedness that was going on in Corinth. But somehow, <clears throat> when Paul had partners in ministry, he was able to get much more accomplished. Amen. You know, when we, it's, it's, it's obvious that you can worship on your own. You can worship in your home, in your car. We know that, uh, that you can worship the Lord individually. And you can, and we should. But there's just nothing really that compares to the people of God all gathering together. All working together, all with a common burden and a common purpose. And uh, we, when we begin to work together, pray together, minister uh, together, so much more can be accomplished. Amen. Ecclesiastes 4. Woe to him that is alone. It's not the will of God that you attempt to make it on your own. You cannot. You need those to help you. That's why you can come to the family of God, the people of God, the body of Christ. You can share your burdens. You can uh, pour out your heart to, to your brothers and sisters. You can enter into uh, a united corporate worship service, and there's just something wonderful and special about it. Amen. Praise God, because together we are, we're going to get so much more accomplished. We are workers. This is Paul speaking in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We then as workers together with him. Workers together. So Aquila and Priscilla, this husband and wife uh, that began to be, to be there, uh, they began to be Paul's partners in ministry and were with him he mentions them in 2 Timothy just before he's executed. He commends them and mentions Aquila and Priscilla uh, as ministry companions in ministry throughout the remaining days of his life. Thank God for good friends. Amen. Thank God for people that you can, you can just give them a call and say, this is my problem. This is my need. Would you help me pray? about this. Would you help me uh, and uh, be a strength to me and a support to me? And really, that can happen in the body of Christ like in no other kind of environment. When we come together uh, in the church, we can receive strength and encouragement and help. And Paul, uh, I don't exactly know how that, uh, that he connected with them in a city of hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, some uh, commentators believe they probably met up at the synagogue uh, because Paul would go there and would reason with the Jews and preach to the Jews. And so uh, he probably met up with them and they were, they were, uh, they had a common interest, a common burden. Amen. I'm glad for people that we can become friends with that uh, we have a, a common fellowship and a common burden. And you know, and you can meet someone that you, you haven't known or even been around, uh, maybe ever. And just in a little while, a short little while, 
You'll find out how much you have in common and that you have the same interest and the same uh, common desires as far as the work of the kingdom of God. And, and just in a short amount of time, uh, you can have some new person to partner with in the ministry. That's one of the blessings of our missions conference, that all these people that come together, they all have the kingdom of God on their mind, uh, advancing the kingdom of God in their uh, various mission areas. And uh, when we all come together, and that's the focus of the meeting, uh, it just there's just something special about it that speaks to our hearts and uh, strengthens us. Amen. And so to be workers together, you need people, you need friends in the body of Christ. Amen. God never intended that you isolate yourself and that you try it on your own. It's just not going to work. We need, to be, we need the togetherness. We need a bond that uh, God intends for that to be happening, just like it did with him, with uh, Aquila and uh, Priscilla. They were workers physically laboring together. Uh, they had a common vocation, and uh, somehow that pulled them uh, together to work uh, together. Amen. You know, the Apostle Paul had determined that he was not, he, he didn't want to be a burden uh, wherever he went. And so he was going to labor with his hands as a tent maker. That was his skill. And make the funds necessary. And so he would work through the week and then he would preach it, uh, on the Sabbath day. Uh, and, uh, uh, and, and, and then the rest of the time he was working uh, with, with his hands doing uh, labor to because he didn't want to be he said in second Corinthians 11 and 9 when I was present with you and wanted I was chargeable to no man for that which was lacking to me the brethren which came from Macedonia supplied and so you can see that in this uh, account here that uh, after he met and worked with Aquila and Priscilla and then in verse 5 Silas and Timothy came we don't know how long it was, but for a while he worked with Aquila and Priscilla and made his own livings, take, took care of his own expenses. And then Silas and Timothy come and they bring with them a, an offering from the other churches that uh, uh, Philippi and Thessalonica and Berea and these various churches, they collected and they must have collected enough that he was able then to focus his ministry, not just on the Sabbath, but all the time. Because that's literally what it's saying here. It's saying, it says that when Silas and Timothy were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in his spirit. The word means that he was, he was just focused uh, on the things of the spirit. That he was just completely controlled by the things of the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. So when you work together, you develop companionship and friendship and you get so much more accomplished whenever you do. And so here, here was all these different churches sending an offering and it says in this chapter that, that he stays for a year and a half in Corinth and it must have been a pretty good offering to finance him to stay there and to preach uh, the entire time that he's there. But that shows you what can be done 
by a, a united force even in giving what we can get done. The body of Christ, my offering would be limited. Your individual offering would be limited. Let me tell you, when the church really binds together and everybody gives generously, then we can really see God do some amazing things uh, in the work of the kingdom of God through our giving and through our generosity. So whenever we, whenever we are working together, then we can accomplish so much more to advance the kingdom of God. Amen? So much more. It says that Paul was pressed in spirit, constrained by the spirit of God. It was an extraordinary uh, uh, spiritual uh, push that the spirit of God gave to him uh, to preach. And the effect was that city was greatly impacted for the gospel. As I already said in multiple churches, house churches that sprung up. And a strong church was established there in the city of Corinth. And it could never have happened if people hadn't been pulling together. If they hadn't been uh, uh, giving together. Generous giving caused it uh, to happen as they were pulling together. Amen. You know, the enemy loves to divide. Much can be accomplished by a spirit of unity. And that's why the enemy tries to sneak into the body of Christ and sow discord and sow disunity in the body to divide the body because he knows that if we are a united force, we are going to be unstoppable. So he wants to somehow enter in and to divide and to destroy. We know that we all have individual uh, gifts and abilities and ministries and and uh, the enemy wants to get in there and to divide and to destroy the bigger plan that God has and he wants to accomplish. But we need to trust the Lord to bring a spirit of unity, amen, in the body of Christ so that we can accomplish the things that God wants us to accomplish. And notice here in verse number six, it says, when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, so there were those in Corinth that rise up against him and against the ministry and the gospel to try to stop it. I think it's pretty interesting that uh, the Bible says that Paul shook off his robes as if to say, well, I've had about enough of this and I'm not going to uh, let you. Uh, he shook off his raiment and said, your blood is on your own heads. I am clean from henceforth. I will go into the Gentiles. Now that's what he said. But interesting enough, that's not what he does. Because it says that he literally goes and moves in with the guy that lives right next door to the synagogue. That's what it says. Verse 7. And he departed and entered into a certain man's house named Justice. One that worshiped God, whose house joined hard to the synagogue. It means right next door to the synagogue. Now, here's what I glean from this. That sometimes you may be tempted to give up on people, but the Apostle Paul did not give up on those Jews. He didn't give up on them. 
And uh, I don't know exactly what he meant by, you know, I'm going to shake you off of my garments. I'm just going to shake myself and, and I'm just going to go to the Gentiles. But he didn't give up on the Jews. He didn't. He joined himself to a house right next door. Joined hard to the synagogue. And verse 8 verifies the fact that he didn't give up. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with his house. Praise God. He didn't give up. And uh, uh, sometimes it's just important to realize that there are, there are people that, that kind of have the attitude, I'm not interested, don't talk to me about the Lord, don't invite me to church, I'm not interested in, in what's going on at, at church, that's not my life, that's not my ways. There are those that have a hardness about them and resist. And I think that Paul was, was dealing with that spirit that was resisting and opposing what God was wanting to do, but he didn't give up on them. He didn't give up on them. And there's a lot of people that maybe you have prayed for or you've talked to about the things of the Lord and they, they show no response, no interest, almost a hardness and a resistance to the gospel. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Just remain confident and faithful to keep on keeping on. Amen. Believe in God. Don't give up on people. Paul didn't give up on them. And, and even though that he reacted, had a reaction to those that were opposing, he still stayed close by and he preached the gospel to those in the synagogue. It says, Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all of his house. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed. That tells me that they were preaching the gospel because many of the Corinthians heard and believed and were baptized. Don't give up. Just keep praying. Keep believing. Uh, keep witnessing. Keep inviting people to come to the house of the Lord. Amen. And it might be their week. It might be their Sunday. It might be their service where the Spirit of God is going to get a hold of their heart and bring them to a place of repentance. And so don't give up. If we'll pull together, if we'll work together as a body, praying together, united together, then the Lord can save even the hardest and most resistant. Amen. Praise God. Amen. The Bible says they responded to the fact that he was, he was they heard the things that he spoke. They heard the the message that he spoke. It's one thing to live before people that we should live as a good witness and a testimony that, that we are a servant of the Lord. But it's also important to speak up. It's important to give them the truth of the gospel. There's power in the gospel. There is power in the message of God's word. And so just give them the word and bring, uh, and the word of God, they, they won't get away from it. It'll, it, God will use it to penetrate their heart and it won't be forgotten but God will use it to speak to them and to help them to see that they need the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Workers together and we're going to see the hard and the resistant come to the Lord. Amen. 
if we work together, we'll see even the hard cases brought in to the kingdom of God. Amen. Verse 9. Then spake, to the Lord, then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision. Be not afraid, but speak and behold and hold not thy, thy peace. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. While there is a church being established, there, there are still those that are haters and are opposing and are resisting. And I don't know, this... This uh, nighttime vision that Paul has, no doubt, came to him just at the right time. Just, just at, at the time that he needed it. You know, if we, if we work together, it'll help us to, to see that we need to keep on even when things get hard. If we can work together. When you look around and you see your brother or sister and they're really downcast and they're going through a tough and difficult time, the Lord can use you to come up beside them and to encourage them and to speak to them and to lift them up. And in this case, it was a, a, a nighttime vision that uh, came to Paul telling him, don't be afraid. Just keep on speaking. Be bold. Speak the word of truth. Go ahead. There's a lot of people in this city. I know there's a lot that don't, uh, uh, aren't interested, but there are many people in this city that will respond, that they do have a heart uh, for the things of the Lord. You have to remember that Paul, he's, he's already gone through some pretty tough things. He's already experienced some, some tough uh, circumstances. Remember at Lystra, he was taken outside of the city and beaten to death or almost to death. We don't really know for sure. He was either almost dead and got up and was healed or he was dead and was raised from the dead. He was beat uh, unmercifully. And then at Philippi, same thing. He suffered terrible beatings and imprisonment and uh, placed in stocks in the deepest part of the prison there, that Philippian uh, jail. So he's, he's gone through some things. He knows a little bit about suffering. And the Lord is so good to appear to him in this vision at night and said, don't be afraid. I'm going to be with you. Keep on preaching. Keep on speaking. Keep on doing what I'm calling you to do. It's important. Let me tell you, when we are workers together, then we can encourage one another even when things get hard. Amen. Even when you're going through hard and difficult times. Amen. Come on. Amen. I've talked to people before that missed them in service and call them to check on them. Downcast, discouraged, depressed. And I don't know how many times I've gone through this with them and said, yeah, well, I understand. But you can't go on that. You can't go this through this on your own. You need, you need the people of God. You need the church. You need to get to the house of God. Don't let your discouragement or your hard circumstance keep you away from God. But come on, bring your problems with you. Bring your worries and your burdens with you, your hard situations. Bring them with you. And come on to the house of the Lord and get help. Amen. A lot of you are like me 
you've got a history with going to church. It's really all I've ever known all my life. But I've had, I've had a lot of experiences. When I went to church, I didn't really feel like going. I don't mean physically. I just felt it was a struggle to get there. And I guess every Christian's had times where you had to, it was a big effort just to get to the house of the Lord. But I have to tell you, so many of those times, once I was there in the presence of God, experiencing the help of God as we began to sing together and worship together and pray together, something about it that can affect your spirit, can lift you up, can encourage you when you come into the house of the Lord. Amen. That's accomplished because we come together. We are workers together. Amen. And I think most of what was accomplished in Corinth uh, was because Paul had companions in ministry. He had companions. He had Aquila and Priscilla. He had Timothy. He had Luke. He had uh, uh, Barnabas. He had Silas. He had partners in ministry that were with him. And you cannot make it on your own. You need the people of God. Amen. Workers together. Father, thank you. Thank you for this wonderful example in your word, the Apostle Paul, and all that was accomplished through his ministry as he partnered with so many. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful example and this lesson to us, Lord, of how much we need one another and how we can accomplish so much more when we bind together, we pull together, we pray together, so much more can be accomplished for your, your glory and for the kingdom's sake. Praise God. Hallelujah. Why don't we stand together? Let's give thanks and praise to the Lord tonight. Father, oh, we just thank you, Lord, for the ministry of the church and the people of God. And Lord, we're so grateful, uh, Lord, for your people. Lord, we need one another so desperately. And I just pray, Lord, that that would just be something that would be so instilled in our hearts, Lord, to see the precious value of the people of God in our lives. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. God bless you, everybody.